0: Star jump sequence terminates, Captain.
1: Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast oh, sheet. Bring us in closer.
0: Aye, aye, sir. Moving us
2: in on Sublight Drive.
1: Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. Experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance from.
0: This is it, ladies and gentlemen,
1: the edge of time and space, where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the Event Horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time, as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science
2: fact in all their forms. I am your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us is... Chrissy um, Fox, no relation, but I'd adopt her in a minute because her head is weird and I like that in a person.
1: Yeah, you're you're a you're a filmmaker polymath, which is
2: that's really something. <laughs> a director, a writer, producer, Composer, colorist, key grip. Okay,
0: maybe not key grip, but. but. Yeah, not the grip, but otherwise. Yeah, I pretty much do most every job.
1: Suggestive poses for the moose, bye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we've just watched I Live Alone. And what did you think? It's creepy, weird, and I enjoyed it a great deal. It's a slow burn it's yeah. it you know you know you're looking for you know action man you know you know thrill a minute is not going to happen it's it's scary it's you know you think it's going to be one thing and it's very much another and i'm trying so hard not to do spoilers here there's a lot i want to say but <laughs> But all I can say is, have have we learned nothing from, from the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe? Stay to the end. You think it's over. It's not.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I, I definitely I wanted this film to feel like you think it's one thing, and then it's something else, and then it's something else, and then it's something else. So, you know, the way it starts slower, you think that it's going to be that type of film, and then it ends up becoming a different film you know what i mean and and then a different film again and then a different film again so it, yeah it, it was a fun one to make
1: you definitely achieved that it was uh it's <laughs> a a psychological horror movie and and uh that's that's sort of the uh a catchphrase that people use to <laughs> describe their films but in your case it really applies
0: you think okay i'm I'm glad I mean, yes, that was kind of the idea was that to play on the psychological you know expectation- just the way people view different people in in life and um and i I just always thought it was really interesting. I have a number of friends who live alone and have been living alone for a lot a lot of years, and um the lead actress Bonnie Ahrens, happens to be one of them mm-hmm. and I started thinking about the concept of that. And, you know, someone like me, I have have a family, I have a two year old, I'm, you know, have a very active social life with, with, you know, a lot of groups of friends. And, you know, I'm always doing something. And then I think about people who kind of have a slower paced life and are a little, you know, outside of that, and just their perspective on life. And maybe the distractions that someone like me has in my life makes me not see things as openly and as clearly as perhaps somebody who doesn't have all those distractions all the time. And I thought that was kind of a cool idea. And, and I definitely think that people have judgment on people who choose to, you know, maybe not have a partner in their life or not, but some of these people are perfectly fine with it and they enjoy their life how it is. And so I I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe they're actually right. Maybe they're the ones, you know, When the apocalypse comes, they're going to be the ones that are left because they're way more prepared than the rest of us. And then, you know, then everything else kind of unfolded. You you've seen the film. So, you know, it gets a lot weirder than that. But
1: so how did you get started filmmaking in the first place? It's it's, we saw you in the film
2: and uh, you don't. uh... We can't we can't possibly run a clip because there's a lot of cussing.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of swearing in the film, and especially my character, yes. But, um, um... How did I get started? Yeah, it's, it, well, honestly, I started as an actress. So I was an actor as a kid, and um, I've always loved film and filmmaking, and I always wrote. And um, so, you know, I was an actor for a long time. And as it does through the years, sometimes it can like beat you down. You know, you're always auditioning for stuff. And sometimes it's like you and somebody else and between you and somebody else. And it's, it's, it can get very frustrating. And it, it got to me for a while and I, I was kind of really involved in songwriting at that time. So I sort of pivoted for a moment from acting and I started songwriting with some different bands and I had some success doing that and it, it, it's it been great. And then um and then I really missed it. So I had some scripts that I had written and some ideas and I just decided the very beginning of 2020 that I was just going to go for it and I was going to make my first short film. Um I I directed music videos and things mm-hmm. like that um around music, but that's a different thing and this is my first real narrative. Um product. So I, I did this short film and I didn't have a ton of expectations other than I just wanted to make something really cool that I was proud of. Mm-hmm. And um, and it did super well in a bunch of film festivals and it, it basically just ended its film festival run a couple months ago, which was crazy. So then I just, you know, COVID happened, which right. a lot mm-hmm. of people...
1: Yeah, that took it, you know,
0: out it kind of put a halt in it. Yeah, yeah
1: and... that that took out not only the 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 small filmmakers but the giants as well. I mean, I the, and the festivals,
2: felt... uh, you know, uh, they yeah. just announced uh, Sundance is going to be all virtual.
0: Dang it! <sighs> yeah, it's it was tough, and you know, even with my short because I had done it right before COVID really hit. Um, so all the festivals it got into everything basically was virtual. It did play at some. Um, but I, I never got to see it until this past year in a theater. <sighs> and, um, and so I had this idea for this film called Frank, which was um, – it's not an anthology. It's a very connected anthology, but it's basically five segments around the same storyline. And, uh, and so I was sitting there, and it came to August 2020 when it was clearly not getting better, was clearly not going away. No Mm -hmm. one knew what was going to happen. And I was like, you know what? Like, I have all these amazingly talented actor friends who are sitting at home who aren't working. Um, I have an incredible cinematographer that I work with that, you know, he's he's magical. And I have this great small team. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to try to make this film. I'm going to shoot it in segments so we did it in order we're gonna you know we followed all the SAG guidelines we tested everybody we had all the protocols and we just did the super skeleton crew literally no one was on set unless they absolutely had to be and we ended up getting through and finishing this film that you know no one really knew what was going to happen at the beginning of that so that was amazing and so anyway we ended up finishing the film and it got distribution really quickly and um it ended up being something we're, you know, super, super proud of. And mm-hmm. it kind of inspired me and made me realize that there are ways and COVID didn't necessarily have to halt everything on the planet. And there is ways for everybody to be safe and,
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: you know, still, still do something cool. So, um, so yeah, Frank came out on October 25th of last year, um, which is crazy that I'm saying last year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I had worked with Bonnie Ahrens. Um, she was in Frank as well. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, she was in The Nun and The Conjuring 2. And she, she, uh, she was really great to work with. And she kind of narrates the film. And so I started to, you know, we, we got along really well. We became friends. And I got that weird idea for I Live Alone. And I ran it by her. And it was originally a short. And it was, like, basically right. Very close to right when we finished Frank, and she's mm-hmm. like, Yeah, let's do it. So, we were shooting it the short very quickly after Frank. Um, and we finished the short, and it ended up being a long form short that you know we thought was just fantastic, and we're like, Wow! And this and it felt so different than my previous movie, um, like again, what you said with like the pacing and
2: mm-hmm. and just
0: the way it was shot, and it was it was just exciting. So, I was like, You know what. I think we can make this a feature very easily. And I feel like we won't be doing it as much of a service as a short, because there's only so many places you can put a short.
1: Right, right. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all you so can we, all you can do for shorts is just run run festivals. And, you know, they're great for building reputation, but they're not great for making money.
2: I suppose somebody on cable yeah. must be running them, but, they, you know, not, you have to know where to look. And
0: yeah. Yeah, there are places for them, but you know, often they're a vehicle either as a proof of concept for a film or yeah, just to show what you can do. Um mm-hmm. and show what your team can do. And so so I wrote some more to the script and we actually took the short we had already shot and we just expanded what we had already shot and we ended up making this film very, very quickly. And, um, yeah. And you made Ravitos a, Ventures,
1: you made a very um, cool film. This is good. You know, this <laughs> is good you. stuff.
0: This is good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was really fun and it was really fun to do some of the effects and some of the gore and some of the, uh, you know, obviously the film has some twists and mm-hmm. it was, it was just a really fun process and a, a really great small team, um, of people that, just did this film because they loved it and you know it was really exciting a much smaller and so here we are yeah
1: a much smaller team than would ordinarily have been required you are quite the polymath
0: yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you do
1: everything i I, w- I
0: do yeah i i do i know it's, it's not very common that someone you know if you're the writer director that you do the post for your films but i do edit and um i do the sound design and Um, the coloring and and all that. And you
1: did the music, which was not, Mm -hmm. you're no slouch in that department. That was good stuff.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that. I think if you can learn the skills and I talked about this recently on another podcast um, with these other great filmmakers and it's, you know, even if you're not always doing that for every one of your films, just having the ability to, do that and understanding it and having the skill to do it is super helpful. Um, For me, it was just, you know, it's the best way to make the vision of exactly what I wanted to make a reality. You know, you're not just handing it off Mm -hmm. to somebody else. You're, you're physically sitting there doing it yourself. And with the times of COVID and all that, you know, I don't even know how that would work. So just being able to shoot and then go home and edit and put the film together and, and not have to, you know rely on anybody else or or wait because mm-hmm. i'm an incredibly impatient person so <laughs> having to wait uh-huh. would drive me crazy
1: yeah um, yeah it's it's so, uh yeah. it, being a polymath uh gives you and i'm using that word a lot
2: yes you are uh, yeah.
1: but it to, to those who haven't heard the word before it means essentially a renaissance person somebody with uh uh, depth of skill in a, in a variety of different areas, and that definitely describes our guest.
2: Well, you know, oh, and and you. it's a gift, but it's a curse because you get you you get to do everything too. I mean, yeah. when do you rest?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't. Like that's the thing. It's funny. We are just having this conversation. Me and my partner in my production company, Spider. Uh, we were just talking about how for the first time in probably two years, I took a couple weeks off over the holidays and went and visited my family and I'm like, okay, cool. Now I have to dive back in. We have, you know, we have a podcast that we do that has original stories and we, and you know, I have a couple scripts that I'm finishing up and I'm like, Oh my God, now I have to like get back in. It's almost like you don't want to stop the momentum because then you have to like retrain yourself, mm-hmm. you know? So so yeah, there is something to not stopping. Um, but yeah, there, you know.
1: But it, it's but it's also you know as Susan brought up, it's kind of a hardship in a lot of cases because the critical path flows through your desk at every point. Yeah, and that means uh, if anything goes wrong, you're the bottleneck, and you have no recourse. Yeah.
0: Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's a lot of pressure. You know, mm-hmm. it's even. You know, we, we have another film coming out um, early this year that I produce and I actually star in that Spider wrote and directed um, through one Fox. And mm-hmm. but once again, I am the person who does all the posts, so mm-hmm. I still edited it and I still still did the music and, you know, the design, sound design and all that stuff. So. So yeah, it's it's always a lot of pressure because yeah, it's not sometimes not even just my film that I'm like, well, it's mine, I screwed it up. You know, it's like I right, don't want to screw right. up his film or if, or if mm-hmm. there's somebody else that I'm working with. So yeah, you know, you you have a lot of responsibility, but but there is something great about just being able to work at your pace and yeah. to make sure that every little detail is exactly the way you want it and, you know
1: well when when you're when you are filling in for multiple departments the the interdepartmental communication thing is
2: not a problem,
0: yeah, and you don't get to hear yeah, from that tiny
2: star if you're the star
0: <laughs> exactly what? exactly well, I tend to like not show anything to anybody till it's long like unless if they don't have a say you know if it's an actor or something because you know a, a lot of actors will have oh god I, was there a different take? I hate the way I say it. You, you just you don't ever want to give that an you know that is up as an option. You just like oh no, I went through everything and you got to trust the process. So yeah, mm-hmm. that that's always a good thing. I usually don't show the film till it's long done and been mm-hmm. delivered, and then and then you're safe.
1: Right. Well, well, and that gets to the other side of things, which is that uh, if you are somebody like you, a Renaissance person, and you actually can do the things, you gain the respect of your crew when you ask them to do something that you know what you're talking about and that they should listen to yeah. you. And that that strongly works in your favor.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's always a process because, you know, the first time you work with people, mm-hmm. they don't they don't always know. But now that, I, yeah, I work with the same team on all three things I've done this past couple years and, uh, and spiders. So we, uh, it, it is true. Like they, they definitely have a lot of trust. And at this point we're kind of this machine. We all understand each other. And if, yeah, if I ask for something, they know. And, you know, sometimes my cinematographer, Andy and I will like bicker about some shot that he's like, it's not following the rule of this. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Trust me. And then he's like, yeah, you're right. Cause it's, you know, sometimes you have to make weird choices mm-hmm. with a filmmaker that doesn't always follow the rules which is kind of the fun part of making a film in the first place so so yeah it's but yeah it, it's true there's a lot of trust and I trust them and so you know it, it's it, it's great to work with the same people if you feel like they're you know really talented and and really great at what they do and I think that I've been really lucky to have that kind of team so
1: the evolution of the story for the film I find I find very interesting. You know, it started out as as something small and and uh and
2: pretty relatable. I mean, you know, teenagers are teenagers mm-hmm. and and Parker is is a regular kid and her mother is critically ill and that's very sad. She has a boyfriend, mm-hmm. well, you know, who kind of a lout, kind of kind of a hormone-driven dro- lout, but <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah. That's... Even That's... smart boys are that way at that age. <laughs> yep. Yep. And she's... But yeah. She finds herself in this very extraordinary situation, uh, living with her auntie, and, and it just gets weirder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. there is nothing normal about auntie. Yikes. <laughs> uh, she is, like... Uh, like early in the film she gives you these vibes that you know something is not right in her head there is a disconnect <laughs> between her and the rest of the world
0: yeah and what did you take away from it at the end who did who who did you side with do you think oh
2: with without with without Lynn much? of course
0: <laughs> okay okay that's what I hoped <laughs> yeah just... Yeah, it, it. It was a fun. It was a fun idea because um, because uh, just knowing that Bonnie could really pull off the serial killer thing and that mm-hmm. she is such an intense person, like you will be scared of her. And regardless uh, of how you see the ending, kind of wrap up, and it's it's kind of honestly up to you the way you take it, which is kind of the cool thing about this movie if you watch to the very end. Um, You know, I knew that no matter what, like the whole time you would feel like she was really the bad guy that was out. You know, you should be afraid of and you should be having nightmares about. And then, you know, everything kind of gets turned on his head. So I think that was really fun. And, Mm -hmm. you know, directing Bonnie to especially specifically that stab scene with me. um, (laughs) (laughs) I get asked all the time, how did you get her to go so if you tell Bonnie to go for it, like there's, there's like a hundred and twenty percent, you know what I mean? Wow, She's yes.
1: going to. Obviously, so <laughs> that was an intense yeah. scene. That's
2: not the sort of thing you can just reset and do over again without a lot of cleaning.
0: <laughs> no, and it was it was crazy because we, um, well, obviously it started out with physically me and we had a prop knife for certain moments um Mm -hmm. but I still had stab marks all over my stomach like I had cuts all over my stomach because even then she you know I was like you have to sell it you have to sell it and I didn't even realize it till later because the adrenaline when you're filming something like that I was like oh my god I look like I've been stabbed to death and then we we uh, obviously replaced me with a dummy for some of the effects and we used real mm-hmm. meat which was really disgusting and which <laughs> you know which I love to do because you know it's, it, I wanted to make the gore get to a point where you're like S- stop like S- I stop like stop doing this right now and and I think that we achieved that oh
1: yeah. A yeah you definitely <laughs> you definitely that some, some of the uh, some of the gore effects in this film were just uh jaw-dropping i i just i i (laughs) couldn't she's not doing
2: oh my god she did it
1: yeah i could not figure out how some of them were done and i'm an old effects guy so that was (laughs) you know i used to i used to do uh, practical effects on films like this back in the uh back in the mid mid to early 80s
0: oh really that's awesome you know
1: know, I, i got i was
0: There's Roger Corman. You were
1: yeah. I mixed. I mixed my share of tens of gallons of methyl cellulose and you know. (laughs) Right. That's that's the yeah. It's
0: it's fun, right? It's the coolest. It's 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 one of the coolest jobs. Yeah, it
1: is. You know, until you're asked to do something dangerous, like walk out on on uh, uh, walk out on the uh, the the rafters over the set with no no safety wire. You know, just to hang some equipment or whatever. Or uh you're you're the guy making the the alien worm wiggle from underneath as it gets sprayed with the A B smoke and the A B smoke gets in your eyes and you're blind for half an hour and you think you're gonna be blind the rest of your life. Yeah. That's then you're
0: okay and (laughs) then you got a great story, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And I yeah, I got I got fired from that set because I wouldn't put on the uh, the bug suit and go out on the wing of a slip on a slippery airplane wing when the guy who was paid to wear the bug suit was sitting having coffee in his trailer
0: oh
2: my
1: and god. I, the f- suit didn't
2: even fit me <gasps> I, I need to hear this story some other time yeah
0: <laughs> was... wow your wife doesn't even know about this oh my yeah. god yeah that's
2: yeah. a new one you know, wing yeah. walking is a thing but I didn't know you'd done it <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I didn't do it. I refused to do it, and they fired me for it. Well, they was... fired me, but I—I could have, they could have killed me. Anyway,
0: yeah, yeah, uh, you're not yeah. Really supposed to try to kill people on your set. Yeah, that's yeah, that was the good. director was souls.
1: director was a jerk.
0: <laughs> anyway, well, my, my effects yeah. girl Ashley is amazing, and we we spent a lot of time having mm. the most biz- if we if we our conversations were recorded we both probably would have been arrested i was like what if we <laughs> used a meat hook and we like stabbed it and it's like and it could go out his eye i'm like yeah and then you know we're just talking about i'm trying
2: to figure out the angle that. on some of that stuff i mean it's a meat hook what you know it's supposed to then uh, right. how does it go around corners you know, you know it, well you yeah, that scene seemed... you have to bend your wrist Oh yeah, yeah. you could you hurt your wrist doing that so you really have to have precision.
1: Yeah, that well, that scene in that. particular was one of the one of the more impressive ones.
2: I liked that it. That was
1: that Thank was you. yeah, that was quite a shock. That, that guy was, was really a
2: good. toad, he deserved it.
0: Yeah,
1: he was a toad.
0: It's so funny we get like such mixed reviews about Hank because <laughs> you know, some people like cannot stand him and they're like, Oh my god, and then other people are like, Oh like I liked Hank. He just wanted. he was just looking for a buddy to drink beers with, like, you know. But yeah, he was kind of a creepy dude and yeah. We really wanted to lean into that. Smell you know. we've beer all met and a Hank meat. in our life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And Mark Kelly, the guy who played Hank, who's a mm-hmm. fantastic actor, he actually came to set with that earring. So I was. Oh, that's impressed,
1: marvelous. That's you know? marvelous.
0: But yeah, I had I had a lot of wardrobe that was you know for him, and then he's like, "What if I wear these mm-hmm. socks with it and this earring?" And I'm like, "Yes, you you understand what's going on." Fantastic. I, under- I trusted him. <laughs> that house was a
1: fantastic set, by the way. Where that's my grandmother had a house that eventually looked like that. Uh, Right. Yeah, it
0: was beautiful. Creepy. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was a lucky find because obviously I had such a specific thing in my head Mm -hmm. for the house, and because I knew you know ninety percent of the film would be inside that house because you know she's borderline agoraphobic, doesn't go anywhere, and she's and she's always there, and I I really wanted the two characters to feel like they were really secluded from the rest of the world, so. So I actually found that location. It was, like, out in um, San Pedro. So
2: older part of town here.
0: Yeah, and, and the guy who owns it, he uses it and rents to rent for filming, which is super smart. He just kept it as it is. And, you know, there's been a few sets I've found like that. Like, there's this house I've shot in before that there was a real film fire that happened inside the house and they just kept it that way because it just made the house so unique and so many people film there because y- you know you'd you'd spend a fortune trying to make a set look like that and it just looked like that so so yeah it was it was a great house um with the peeling you know, the wallpaper that, and the um kitchen right.
2: appliances that haven't been replaced in about eighty years. And where is she cooking exactly. that stew and where did the meat come from? Do we even want to know?
0: <laughs> I don't think you do. I really don't think you do. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, that
1: that uh yeah, when they sat down to eat that meal, I mean that was Definitely, I was thinking about Alfred Hitchcock and the woman who...
2: With the with the leg of lamb in the in the oven, yeah. Who, who ser- who, yeah,
1: <laughs> right. who served it up to uh, uh, the policeman who was coming to investigate the death of her husband.
2: The husband she'd killed oh, yes. by bludgeoning him to death a, with a frozen
0: leg of lamb.
1: Yeah. So he was sitting <laughs> well, there eating know, the murder Well, you know, that very weapon.
0: well could have been Hank.
2: Sure. <laughs> could have been a Hank a Hank.
1: Oh, exactly. that's terrible.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's um wow. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm still just sort of sitting here being uh just impressed that uh that you were able to put together a whole feature film that was actually a f- good to watch. You no, know? it's and I'm not oh, a horror. Thank I'm you. not a horror fan, <laughs> but this this uh, this was worth the watch.
2: It was a slow burn, but a yeah. good one. Yeah. Now the um, oh, I'm you. looking on IMDb, and that says like 24 minutes, and what we watched was like an hour.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah, what's so that about? I IMDb, uh, yeah, it's supposed to have changed multiple times, but yes, the original, the short version was 24 minutes. Okay. So okay. this is but a the long short. Is just over an hour. Yeah, Yeah, it was it was a long form short and it did play at a few festivals, but we didn't um, submit it to many because we knew we were going to make it a feature. And and Gravitas Ventures had kind of come in early um, when it was only the short and expressed interest. So we just wanted to get the feature done as fast as we could because we knew that, you know, they were likely to distribute and, you know, we were excited to work with them. So. So that was, that was cool. And uh, yeah, we, we turned everything around really fast and you know, when we Mm -hmm. were expanding it from a short to a feature, it was, the challenge really was not, I I knew I needed a few more characters. I knew I needed at least one or two more kills, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to have too much more cast because again, I wanted it to feel like they were so removed from the rest of the world and you don't want to have too many characters. So I thought it worked out well with the small cast that we brought in and we made, you know, the deaths count and the
2: mm-hmm.
0: and the twist count. And, and hopefully, you know, you really got attached to the couple characters you get to know so well through the film. So. So, yeah, it, it was fun. It was a really fun thing to make my second feature so close to my first because there's such different types of films. So it was it was really cool to do. And all the actors were so good. It was so fun to work with them.
1: It's uh it's really difficult to work in a constricted environment like that, both budget wise and, and, and set wise. And and then to make it look like you aren't being constricted, you know, to make it look like those choices were all creative choices and not those of necessity.
2: Well, it's like a sonnet, you know, you have very careful constrictions of length and breadth, but not of depth. <laughs> Right. (laughs) You could tell any story within those constrictions.
0: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, for me anyway, I love practical effects. I love, there's certain things I love about some older films anyway. And so there wasn't much really I would have done differently with that film regardless. Uh I mean, the one thing is someone's like, if you did anything differently, I, I mean you always just wish you had more time, but it's always, I think, what, you know, most filmmakers would say, but I feel like I learned a lot from my first film mm-hmm. and I learned that, you know, doing all the effects first, which are the most time-consuming and, you know, as you said, especially with practical effects, things can go wrong. Sometimes you only have one take. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to get creative. So I, uh, I did all that first, which left a lot of time to really work with the actors and i tend to do a lot of prep ahead mm -hmm.
1: that was wise i mean if something's going to go wrong you want it to go wrong right now so that you can you have time to fix it instead of waiting until the end and then having it go wrong
0: exactly Yeah, yeah exactly and and i think that yeah when you're doing practical effects and and you're doing it on a budget it's like yeah you have to you have to make sure it counts and if it doesn't work perfectly you have to find a way to make it work for mm-hmm. you to still get to get the effect that you need to have happen so so yeah it, it was it worked out well and I, I don't know much i would do differently anyway um with this type of film it was kind of the film i we, are, we really wanted to make so and it was it's weird like that's the thing it's the, it is by far the weirdest film i've ever made it's the most bizarre thing it's you know i i enjoyed the I shout
2: to out to star trek fans <laughs> <laughs> we are, we are original series yeah we're we're original <laughs> series goobers here although we watched them all yeah
0: well, no. it was, it's pretty funny. I, I live with a, a super Star Trek fanatic, and he's all about the uh, the original and mm-hmm. nothing else. So I had to kind of put that in there because that's what I hear all the time. Lower <laughs> Decks, man.
2: He's got to watch Lower Decks.
1: Oh, he'll love that.
0: Oh, yeah?
2: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Lower it's Decks, great. Yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek Lower Decks. It's fantastic. It's
2: animated. Okay. It's hilarious. It's kind of a send-up of the whole... You know, you, you've got the Enterprise and the ooh, first contact team. This is kind of the B team of the, the second contact, the people who clean up after them, the kind of thing. And it's, it's oh. hilarious. And there's a lot of callbacks to um, original series and to Next Generation in particular.
0: So, yeah, that's, oh, that's a cool. lot of fun. I'll tell him. If he yeah, hasn't yeah. seen it, I will definitely tell
1: him. <laughs> Star Trek Discovery is uh, not, not Discovery, uh, um, um, Prodigy. Is great too. Well that's it's got, got the that's, same fresh sort of feeling that uh Well the
2: they're they're taking to animation again yeah, and, and, uh-huh. and it's way better than the first time they did animation. But yeah, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> anyway, so what do you see in the immediate future? Yeah, speaking of time,
2: time marches
1: on. Your your film and right. for you.
0: Well, um well the film is out now in VOD, so anyone who wants to see it, it is available. You know, a- Amazon, Apple, anywhere you basically run movies. So if you want to see I Live Alone, please go check it out. If Obviously, if you're listening to this, you like sci-fi, I promise you this film will give you some sci-fi that you might enjoy. <laughs> um, and then for next, well, I actually have this podcast called Bleeder's Digest, which is, um, which is through the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. <laughs> that is... Bleeder's
1: <laughs> Digest. I love that. Good good title <laughs> okay <laughs> extra points
0: yeah so me and my and i have uh three other friends we all do it together and they're all original scary stories kind of as a throwback to you know the old school radio dramas like um you know no we wouldn't, day, know like, we wouldn't know anything we wouldn't know
2: anything about that i know you guys we only play imagine. like I, three I, different shows from the olden times on our yeah. station <laughs>
1: yeah well there you go we are we are the sci-fi radio people at this point
0: i love that well i figured you guys would totally get what i was talking about but that is that is the idea behind it and we we have one every thursday um and you know it's different types of horror there's all subgenres so there is we do have a lot of sci-fi stories that we do as well um and it's really fun, and we always have these great guest actors that come in and, um, and do characters, and, and uh, it's been really fun, and we're actually talking about developing some of them into films um, because they're all kind of, you know, leaning towards that. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of the, one of the first things that we've got on our plate that we're looking at is, you know, developing a few of these into long-form scripts, um, and then I have a couple other film projects that you know i'm ready to go with it's just a matter of what i end up doing first so hopefully you know before the end of the year i'll have at least one or two more films out which will be awesome and uh and then i also star in a film called allegoria that is coming out early this year um i love and- the title <laughs> is it gory <laughs> not not particularly it's actually it, it's based around art And it's actually the film that Spider One, my partner in One Fox, um, wrote and directed. But there's some great actors in it. It's like myself, John Ennis, um, Scout Compton, Bryce Johnson, Adam Bush. There's like just these like really, really amazing actors that I can't even believe I got to work with. Like they're just mind blowing. And uh, and so it's it's kind of anthology esque again, but not really because it's basically you know all these actors sort of touching on their insecurities that basically manifest monsters so it's really cool and Ooh, I like it's that. really beautifully written yeah I, I think having spoken to you guys i think it's a film you guys will both enjoy
1: i think um, you're right i think you're probably right so it's and-
0: it is allegory <laughs>
2: not allegory ha 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 okay
0: yeah no no exact it's, it's based obviously off the word allegory but it's allegoria um, is the title of the film. Nice. So please watch out. For nice. That. Nice, yeah. play, nice
1: play at. Nice play on words. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> we have been talking to Chrissy Fox, the uh, producer, writer, director, and um, editor, uh, um, and colorist, and composer <laughs> for the uh, the new horror film. I live alone. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Event Horizon here on sci fi.radio. It's been Thank a pleasure. Thank you guys for
0: having me. This and is so much fun. And I learned so much from you both already. <laughs> sci fi, so. Yeah.
1: You have been listening to episode 234 of sci Radio's weekly production of the Event Horizon for Saturday, January 8th, 2021. Our guest this evening has been newly minted feature filmmaker Chrissy Fox, the producer and director of the horror film I Live Alone, now available on streaming platforms everywhere. This episode will air again on January 9th, 2021 at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode as a podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-fi.radio is listener-supported Sci-Fi Geek Culture Radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. If you enjoy programming like what you just heard, we ask you to please visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and pledge 5 or $10 a month to help keep the station on the air. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The engineer was Christian B. Maguire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2022 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi.